everybody. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. I'm your host, Stacey Galino, and I'm so happy to be here today with you and with my beautiful co-host, Erin Franco and Dr. Mary Wallace. Good afternoon, ladies. Hey, everybody. How's everybody? I don't wonderful, know. wonderful. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, um, and let me say, Erin Franco, thehumblehandmate.com, and Dr. Mary Wallace, theworkingcatholicmom.com. That's right. You can go out to their blogs and take a look at the awesome writings that both of these women are doing. I assure you, you will find something to inspire and move your heart and to give you just a window into their lives and the, the faith walk and the faith journey that they are they're undertaking. And you can always get in touch um, with us here at the station. You can email me directly, escalino at catholiccommunityradio.org. Um, you can also go out to, we've got a Facebook page. You can go out to Faith and Good Counsel uh, on Facebook. And um, I do have a blog as well. It's still in progress, stacygalino.com. And pretty soon you'll be able to um, access our our previous shows there, show notes, um, information about our guest, and and so forth and so on. So I hope you'll stay tuned for that. I'm really excited about our guest today. We have two guests, okay? That's two Plural. guests. Plural. That's right. <laughs> I've got to enunciate today. Um, it's Patty McGuire Armstrong and Teresa Thomas. Um, they have a new book out they have co-authored. It's entitled Big Hearted inspiring stories from everyday families. And this is what I, I just love about this book. I just got it today and I read it today. So it is in fact a pretty easy read, but there will be a few tears. There will be joys and sorrows as you read these beautiful stories about extraordinary love in the ordinary moments. I know, I know Aaron, you live that in your life as well as, as you do Mary. So I think that um, all three of us and our listeners will enjoy this wonderful read and our interview today with both Patty and Teresa. But, you know, as we always do before we really get started today, we do need to begin with prayer. And Erin, if you would please offer the, the litany of humility for us. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. Hear, me, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, Jesus grant, grant me the, the grace to, to desire it. it. Amen. Amen. You know, I was going to save this until the, till the end or possibly one of the other segments, but I, my heart just aches. I found this 
uh, news story today. And it, reading or praying, rather, the, the litany of humility just brings to my mind this beautiful young woman who has died. She actually committed suicide. And to me, the story is about a young woman who bought into everything, everything that the world offers, and it ended in her death. This is Gia Khan, and she's a British uh, Indian actress, absolutely stunningly beautiful. You can see a picture of her at lifenews.com. I don't know how old she is, but she appears to be in her 20s. Stunningly beautiful. And basically what happened to her um, is beautiful career, um, had a boyfriend, she became pregnant, um, troubles there, and um, there was some sadness that had occurred in the, in the, as a result of their relationship. He pressured her into an abortion, and she committed suicide after this abortion. And I just, my heart just aches because this young woman did not know how loved, how loved. She didn't know her identity as a daughter of the Most High God. And so her mother has um, exposed her letter, uh, her six-page suicide note because she did not want people to think it was because she was depressed over a career issue or whatever. She wanted them to know the truth about her beautiful baby girl. And so my heart aches for Gia Gia Khan today and for her mother and her family. I know they have to be um, just devastated. This is why we're doing what we do here at Faith and Good Counsel. We want every person to know their dignity as daughters and sons of the Most High God. And so whatever her faith tradition, I'm not sure if she had one, but we want to offer prayer and intercession for Gia Khan today and all young women who are suffering in a similar way. Similar way. So Our Lady of Good Counsel, hold her in her mantle and in your mantle. So we have a, a, a beautiful, yeah. almost saint, huh? She's really a saint to us. She, she, you to know, talk she's about. just got that one other little thing that has to be brought to the Vatican, <laughs> and perhaps one of our listeners may be able to do that. Who knows? Uh, but it's Blessed Chiaro Luce Badano, who's an Italian blessed. Um, you know, we talk a little bit about modern day saints um, on the radio when we've when we've presented them before. You know, I think of her. She was born in 1971, so she's not just a modern day saint. She is like a right here, right now type yeah. saint. Yeah. Um, she was she was born to her her parents who had prayed for more than 10 years to have a baby. Uh, so and infertility. They struggled. They with struggled infertility. with infertility, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, there's a little video on YouTube about Kiara that you can look at. And her father, who is still alive, and her mother, who is still alive, wow. are talking very much about the pain and suffering they went through of having no children and praying for children. And uh, her father said, "You know, I couldn't wait to marry my wife, and uh, the thought of children." was just right there at the forefront for us, that that's what we wanted. We wanted a big Italian family. So, um, so they had one little baby 10 years later, Chiara, and uh, <clears throat> they could notice right away, especially uh, right around of age four, uh, her, her purity of heart of giving to others, serving others. Um, her mother walked into her room one day and said, you know, Chiara, you have all these toys. How about giving some away to the poor? And Chiara, like every four-year-old, said, no, they're mine. Mine, mine, mine. (laughs) But she came back into the kitchen at four years old and told her mother, can I have a plastic bag? And so the mom went into her room and she started to gather the toys and she wasn't gathering the broken toys. She was gathering the unbroken toys, the toys that had hardly been used or had been used, but were still in working condition because she wanted the poor to have nice things. This is a four year old, four years old. How old is Gabriel, Aaron? Oh, he'll be four in December. 
Are this you, is amazing. This is amazing. I have a six-year-old who, you know, can't express things like this. So, at age nine, she and her family attended the Family Fest in Italy, which is a conference centered around the concrete ways of loving as a family. Uh, it became the Focolore movement in the Catholic Church. Uh, Focolore, which um, you can definitely Google that or look it up. In Italian, it means hearth or family fireside. So really that whole movement of what are the ordinary, we're, we're just ordinary people and we're trying to li- live our Catholic faith within our family. And how do you do that in extraordinary ways? So very much what we're going to be talking about later, uh, later in the show. Um, the, the woman who led that movement is Kiara Lubick. And so uh, she was able to see Kiara Lubick and really um, grew attached to the folklore movement, loved it. There's 12 principles, including devotion to Mary and adoration. But as Kiara grew up, she was very popular. She had lots of friends. She was very con- connected in the folklore movement. But she continued to, not but, and she continued to fall, fall more and more in love with Jesus. Um, she told others that she wasn't trying to bring people to Jesus with her words, but by her example and how she lived her life, which I think is so beautiful. Kind of Franciscan. Very Franciscan. That's right. She played tennis. Tennis, she was very well accomplished athletically, but she failed her first year of school, and that's where she really hit her first big suffering. Um, But then what she realized that, that there's no joys without suffering, and she began at age about 14, so my little daughter who's 14, um, she began to prepare herself as the spouse of Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So like a, a vocation. Oh, she was oh. totally called. At age 17, she, it was found she had a rare form, form of bone ca- cancer that was untreatable. She had lots of operations. They brought her to, her parents brought her to a hospital in Turin for more tests and procedures. But the day before a big procedure, uh, Kiara said, hey, I need to go to the Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation because she wanted to receive the Eucharist in confession. So she was constantly before the, the, the body of Jesus, always before him. Um, she realized that the type of cancer she had was going to take her life. She continued to go under treatment. And listen to this. This is what I thought was so incredible. These parents are the type of parents everybody wants, you know, in in the Catholic world. They spent time in adoration the whole time Kiara underwent her procedures. Oh, my goodness. They were holy. They passed their holiness on to her, their job of getting her to heaven. And she really saw it as her job as well to, to minister to her family. After one very unsuccessful treatment, Kiara cried out to Jesus in her pain and suffering and said, Jesus, if you want it, I want it too. And then throughout her life, she would continue to use that phrase, if you want it, I want it too. In 1989, she knew she was not going to ever recover. Um, And so at this time, we're about the same age, 1989. She's about 18. I'm about 18. So you're about the same age? Yeah, I was born in 1970. She was born in 71. Okay. She came home and she, her mom was talking to her, blah, 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 blah. And her, <laughs> she says to her mom, mom, I need you to stop talking to me for a minute. Which, of course, for me would uh, take a little bit, I would be taken a little <laughs> what, back by that for my you child and yeah. be like, you're going to listen to me. But um, <laughs> her mother said, okay, and Kiara laid prostrate on her bed for 25 minutes because she, and her mother said she could just see her internal struggling with saying yes to, to Christ. And, um, and after 25 minutes, she got up, she said, mom, you can talk to me now. And her mom said from that moment on, she had joy, uh, about her situation. 
She refused morphine. She wanted all of the suffering. She even ministered to the doctors as they came in to give her bad news. She would ask about their sons and their families and bring people more and more to Jesus. Um, her father thought she was just smiling just to show them, you know, hey, I'm doing okay with this. But he would peep in the keyholes to see, you know, in her private moments. And he said it was that way as well. She was joyful. She was happy. She knew where she was going. Um, during one of her last operations, she was extremely afraid. It was a local anesthesia, so she was still going to be a little bit awake. And she saw a woman in white arrive and held her hand through the whole procedure. And later she would say that um, Kiara thought that that was the Blessed Mother sending her an angel so she wouldn't be afraid. Now, a local anesthesia means just local injections. So she was awake. She was awake. Yeah. She was awake. She was very afraid. And she said Mm -hmm. she didn't feel fear after that. Baby girl. Um, She wrote to Kiara Lubick to ask for a middle name, and she gave her Luce. Luce. And what does Luce mean, Stacey? It means light. Right. And, And Kiara Lubick told her, you are God's light. And certainly she was. When she died, well, this is another little piece of her. When she was dying, she was very, like, few hours away from death. She pulled her mother closer, and she touched her mom's hair, kind of ruffled it, and said, Mom, bye. Be happy because I'm happy. And I just in that moment when I read that, I just I cried like a baby. I know this is going to be a day. I'm okay. Notice the tears in my eyes. She was dressed in a wedding dress uh, (laughs) for her burial because she knew she was going to meet her bridegroom. Um, After her death, lots of cards, letters asking family to pray for intentions. And in 1990, so a year after her death, a young man with meningitis um, uh, hours away from dying, his cousin contacted the Badarios to ask them to run to Kiara's grave to pray intercession for the young man. And he was cured completely of his meningitis. Wow. No visible scars, nothing. Didn't lose limbs as you normally no would if you. Cognitive neuro nothing. deficits, anything. Like. So this is a Vatican approved. This is what That's made right. her blessed. This made her blessed. Okay. So she was gotcha. beatif- That was the first step, I guess, venerable, right? And then on September 25th, 2010, she was beatified. Uh, by Benedict, Pope our be- Benedict. So. Our beloved Benedict. Wow. Well, St. Chiara Luce, mm. please pray for us. And you know, gosh, I can't wait to talk with our guests about the extraordinary yeah. love and the ordinary moments. And She's you know, beautiful, too. Look her up. Look oh, at her images. Ooh. I can't wait. And that YouTube is fabulous, too. And you know, Pope John Paul, blessed Pope John Paul, said the history of mankind, the history of salvation passes by way of the family. And you know what a beautiful story from St. Kiara. So you're listening, everyone, to Faith and Good Counsel, and we'll be back in just a few moments with Patty Armstrong and Teresa Thomas. Greg A. Kennedy is today's sponsor of the day and supports Catholic programming on Catholic Community Radio. Greg A. Kennedy, CPA, 225-292. Berryland Campers serves the Gulf Coast of Louisiana and Mississippi and is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Berryland Campers, online at berrylandcampers.com. That's berrylandcampers.com. Hi, this is Laura Manderfield Kransky with St. Mary's Books and Gifts. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Community Radio. We carry Catholic items such as books, art, and sacramental gifts. St. Mary's is located on the corner of Florida and Sherwood Forest Boulevard. Our phone number is 272-4030. St. Mary's, 
the little bookstore with a big heart and a thirsting desire to spread the good news. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Aaron Franco, and Mary Wallace. Welcome back, ladies. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. That's right. I always wonder, are you going to answer me back? I know. And you look at me and I'm like... <laughs> I'm trying to look at Aaron. Yes. And it's so confusing. It's all good stuff. It's all <laughs> good stuff. Well, you know, I'm so excited. First of all, I got to say, I am so moved by St. Chiara Luce. I'm still bless, re- blessed. 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 I, I want to make her a saint. I know. She's, she's so beautiful. She has really moved my heart. So oh. I'm going to go out and take a look at that YouTube. Oh. Maybe you could give us, is it, does we just... Uh, Google if you Google um, uh, Chiara Luce Badano, B-A-D-A-N-O, and uh, I think it's um, Chiara Luce Badano, Beautiful Things or something like that. And I can look it up as the show goes on and we can give it well, at could, the end. We could post it or on post Facebook, it. Yeah. right? Cool, yeah. cool. Well, what struck me, um, a, a couple, many things, but her humility and her surrender. Also, I know we spoke about Fra- St. Francis, but it reminded me as well of St. Faustina. Oh. Just tremendous trust in, in God's mercy and his love. I thought of Maria Goretti as well. I, just that sacrifice yeah. of self and yeah. her beautiful family. Right. And but, but what also struck me is the extraordinary love in this, this ordinary family, this oh, ordinary yeah. Italian family. And that's what I love about a new book that's out. It's called Big Hearted, Inspiring Stories from Everyday Families. And we have both of the authors with us today. The authors are Patty Armstrong and Teresa Thomas. Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's so I'm so blessed to have you with us, and I'm I'm really excited to say that I I did uh, receive the book today, and I read it today. It's a wonderful read. I, granted, it was a fast read, but it was an emotional read because there are these beautiful, heartwarming stories, and they're inspiring stories, and they're stories that that have sorrow, but they're all undergirded, ladies, by love. That's that is what I took from the whole whole book, and I'm just delighted to have you you both with us and welcome welcome to Faith and Good Counsel. So maybe we could start um, if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. So maybe we'll start with Patty Armstrong. Would you just kind of give us a little bit of your bio? Okay, I'm the mother of ten children. I started out in journalism, switched to social work, got a master's in public administration, and went back to my first love writing. It became a hobby that was was uh, one way I could raise my family and do something on the side. So, and, and the funny thing for me is I never thought I'd be a religious writer. I thought that would be so boring. And now, <laughs> it's all I want to do. There oh. is nothing more exciting. Everything else seems so dull to me compared mm. to, to talking about God and inspiration and miracles. Wow. And you don't have to look far to find Patty's writing. She's just all over the place. She's even with our good friend here at Catholic Community Radio, Randy Hain. Both you and Teresa, as I understand, uh, write for IntegratedCatholicLife.com, as well as many, many other Catholic uh, Catholic media outlets. So, um, But Teresa, I, I don't believe I'm familiar as familiar with your work. So maybe you could give us your bio as well and let us into your world a little bit. Okay. Well, um, it's nice to meet you all. Um, sure. I'm the oldest of 13 children. Wow. Um, growing up, when I started college, my parents um, decided to, when mom stopped having children, my parents decided to open their home to foster children. And w- the children that they received were those who were born before they could be placed with adoptive families. 
So we had a number of babies coming through our home, um, for some for a short time, and then the last one that came through was with us for two years. Um, his his parents did not relinquish rights until that time, and at that point, he really belonged in our family. So mm-hmm. my parents adopted him, and he's not, he was number thirteen. Wow. Um, so that's that's the framework. I uh, I met my husband. When we were very young, I was 14, and he was my first date. And then we went out other places. He's the son of a golf professional. We met golfing. And, yeah, it was was a lot of fun. Yeah, we still try to get out on the course occasionally. It's a little difficult. We're now the parents of nine children. My goodness. And we've been homeschooling um, for 18 years. And I have two kids out of college uh, actually, no, I take that back. I, my third one graduated a month ago, so oh. I've got three out of college. God bless you. <laughs> two in college, two in the Catholic high school, and then we're um, homeschooling the others. When um, things got easier around here, as you know, it's the most hectic when the children are little, and we don't have babies or preschoolers, so homeschooling is kind of a breeze right now. Wow. <laughs> and um, I've just gotten more and more in writing as time has gone on. That was my major in college, and I did freelance work here and there, but then um, I became a columnist for our diocesan newspaper. I've got a family column called Everyday Catholic in the Fort Wayne South Bend Diocese, and from there, things have just blossomed. I think God has really opened a lot of opportunity for me. I feel like it's my my next step the way that hopefully I can help nurture what's on my heart is is nurturing young mothers. I think it's so important to be able to give support to moms just starting out. It's such a difficult world, and um, raising children is so important. And I I hope that I can provide a little bit of inspiration for the moms just getting started. Oh, well, where were you when I was raising my children, Teresa? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have her now. Yeah, that's right. Erin says she's got you now. You know, your writing is uh, uh, certainly, as I said, I'm familiar with Patty's writing but you're writing i just discovered your blog today and on if, if folks would go our listeners would go out and just click on the about section i was boohoo crying reading the about <laughs> okay when i just this one quote i'll share and then we'll get to the book but this is okay. what this book does this is what the book does this is what i want people to go out get, and get the book <laughs> big hearted that's right it says when i think of being a child i think of the smell of clean laundry cookies and the soothing sound of my mother's voice Oh, and the laughter of babies, always the laughter of babies. Well, I'm I'm surprised I could get through that without Stacy is tearing up right now. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a pleasure. Well, tell me tell me how tell us how you got together to create to write Big Hearted. Patty, you can go ahead. Well, okay. um I had written the Amazing Grace series with Jeff Cavins right. and yeah, so we we wrote um six books together. I was the managing editor, so I I seem to have a knack for finding stories. And my first book, Catholic Foods for Our Children, was published with Scepter. Well, Teresa and I decided to take the plunge and go to the Catholic Marketing Network a couple of years ago uh, to, to network and, and meet people and uh, really see what this marketing was all about. And during that time, the publisher of Scepter actually approached me with an idea. He had been wanting to come up with a book that really encouraged young families to be open to love, to be open to life. Now, I want to make the, the point, even though Teresa and I have not, 19 kids between us, and oh. my kids are age 30 to 11, this isn't just so often when you're open to love in life, you end up having 
a big family. Mm-hmm. But we have families that, for whatever reason, have smaller families, too. So we don't want anyone to think that this is only for big families. Right. These, this book is for families who love and persevere, and, and they're not all, like, stories that everything's easy and love, mother, apple pie. There's right. some real struggles in there, like, um, for instance, alcoholism. Uh, sure. One mother dealt with that, and she did it through the love of her family. The, the core of every family really is love, and even overcoming obstacles through love and through faith in God. Right, and that, that perseverance, too. I really picked up on a thread of perseverance and, 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 and persevering through the struggles, you know, enjoying the joys and persevering through the struggles with love. And, you know, there were so many, I have so many favorites, I don't know where to start, but I think I'd like to begin with the end, Patty, if I could. Um, and uh, with Blessings We Almost Miss, this is actually the ending of the book, but it really spoke to me because it hit home with me. And I, maybe you could share a little bit, a little bit about that story. That is part of that is your story, in fact. It is. Teresa and I sprinkled a lot of our own stories into the book. So there's it's a collection of twenty two stories from a lot of different families. But you're going to get to know a lot about us in the course of reading the book. And the blessings I almost missed were my four last children because we just did not have an understanding of being open to life and following the Catholic Church. And we even had a Catholic priest tell us that it wasn't expected of us. And I'm so glad as we grew in our faith and we came to understand that uh, my, my husband actually had a vasectomy, and it was, a, it was quite the faith journey, and God acted in our life in a big way. And so we had a reversal. We had four more kids. So when I look at my four youngest kids, I'm, in, I'm often in awe and full of gratitude that we had that opportunity to, to realize the blessing of life and being open to life. And then later on, we adopted two boys from Kenya. They were AIDS orphans. And, and that in itself, I, I think what I have found is love begets love. And when you only have, when, when you're just starting out, you're tired, and it's such a big adjustment. You don't, you can't see the forest for the trees. You can't see the love for the fatigue. Maybe we can say that. So when you get a little distance, this might sound funny because I'm the mother of 10 kids, but if I had one thing to do over, I would have been more open to life. I wish we would have had even more kids. Me too. Because they see what a blessing they are. Me too. That's that's the part that I'm, I'm listening to you, and I... You hear a little tear in my voice. I, my story is a little different. Um, you know, I guess the um, the opportunity to be re, reopened to life um, didn't come for us, and so I, I particularly connect with this chapter. And it was it wasn't an easy decision for you all, Patty. I mean, you talk about it was definitely a journey of faith and a, a conversion of heart, and you go into great. Um, a beautiful detail there, um, and and I think that it will resonate with many people, perhaps coming from the time period that that we grew up in, that I grew up in for sure. Um, but you know, one of my other favorites, um, a little bit lighter story. It's um, it's the trick to becoming a saint. This is Teresa. This is one of your stories, and you've you have this really interesting, uh, and crafty, may I say, way to encourage your little ones uh, towards sainthood. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that story. Well, um, as moms every day, you know, Catholic moms, we're looking for ways to encourage holiness in our children. And just when we have these lofty ideals and goals, um, 
real life punctuates itself and we find ourselves just in reality. And so the challenge is always to help them moving toward the goal of heaven while living in the world. So, you know, being in the world but not of it. Um, So one time I had walked into the playroom and I had towels and other clean clothes and I had a bunch of little kids. My girls were eight, six, and three. And I asked them, who wants to be a saint? Maybe it was a dirty trick. Um, But they all said, I do, enthusiastically. And and, uh, then I plopped down the laundry in front of them. And as they were folding up towels and everything, um, they were saying, well, how does this help us become a saint? And I was trying to explain to them um, that by offering up little things with great love, as the saints tell us, that that is the surest way to become a saint, that we don't have to do great and mighty things. Everyone doesn't. Some people are called to do that. But all of us can secure our, our path to sainthood by by embracing the little crosses in front of us. And so it was a very tangible lesson, I think, that my little girls learned that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. one that even us moms, I think, we get so bogged down with housework and uh, worries and drudgery and the same things over and over, wiping little dirty noses and changing little dirty diapers and making sure the laundry's clean and wondering, you know, where where this is all leading. And and in fact, if we do these things with a joyful heart, they're our path to heaven. Yeah, in, in our last minute or two here, it's reminding, when I hear you speak, it's reminding me of what Erin is doing in her family at night with the family rosary. It's such a beautiful thing. Erin, just share that really fast if you could. Uh, well, I wish I could give you a, a, a heftier percentage of time than it happens with three <laughs> under three and a half. But we do we do just try to pray actually a little decade of the rosary with the kids right now. And, and it's so hard sometimes and disheartening because they don't even want to sit down or the cup <laughs> of water across the room is far more important than sitting in my, my lap. But that's <laughs> uh, just something we're really trying to do right now. I, I love that you guys are so encouraging the young families because I have so many. I know a lot of our listeners are where I am right now and are just looking for all the inspiration that they can get right now. And that's what exactly what we're having today with the authors of Big Hearted, Inspiring Stories for Everyday Families. We're talking today with co-authors Teresa Thomas and Patty McGuire Armstrong. I'm just, I'm, I'm very edified. I'm collecting myself. I've got the tears dried. We're taking we're notes. Gonna, we're going to, we're taking <laughs> notes and we're going to be back in just a few moments to continue uh, in the next segment. Can you ladies stick around with us? Sure. Yeah, Great. Great. We'll be back in just a few moments with Faith and Good Counsel. Are you a physician, nurse, or health provider that feels called to restore the culture of life to health care? Recent threats to religious freedom, such as the HHS mandate that forces health care providers to supply the birth control pill and abortion-inducing drugs, underscore the urgent need for medical care that respects life and the dignity of the human person from conception until natural death. To this end, the American Academy of Fertility Care Professionals announces a one-day seminar, The Culture of Life and Medical Practice, to be held at the Hotel Monteleone in the French Quarter, New Orleans, on 
Saturday, August 10th. Nationally known speakers will describe how it is possible to align the practice of medicine with the culture of life. Topics include integrating faith in work, health care or Obamacare, what options do Catholics have, and the legal status of conscience protection in the U.S. There will also be an introduction to APRO technology, an approach to women's health problems including infertility, which seeks to find the underlying causes and to restore the natural health of women, all in line with Catholic teaching. Register at aafcp.org. aafcp.org. Citizens Bank and Trust is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Citizens Bank and Trust. Online at citizensbankandtrust.com. That's citizensbankandtrust.com. This is Father Miles Walsh. I listen to 1380 AM Catholic Radio of Baton Rouge because it keeps me in contact with Christ throughout the day, and I hope you do too. Join us for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Baton Rouge, weekdays at noon and Sunday mornings at 1030 on Catholic Community Radio 1380 WPYR. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Aaron Franco, and Dr. Mary Wallace. Welcome back, girls. Hello, hello. Thank you. Yes, and we've got with us Patty. You hearing Patty Armstrong as well as Teresa Thomas. We're having a party in here today. It feels like a party. It's a Catholic. It's Catholic a Catholic party. ladies party. I wish we were all, you know, it's the beauty of uh, technology. We're all over the United States here talking with one another. And But was, wouldn't it be lovely to be sitting around this table with tea? That would, that's the oh, only yeah. way it could be better. And right? crumpets, too. Crumpets. <laughs> I don't even know what those are, but I want them. Oh, oh gosh. Well, gosh, they're so, as I said, we're, we're talking with Patty and with Teresa about their new book, Big Hearted, Inspiring Stories from Everyday Families. It's available right now on Amazon, I know. Is there any other way that, that, that people listening could uh, acquire the book? Well, you can go to the Scepter Publishers, our publisher, okay. and uh, order straight from the publisher. And uh, Catholic bookstores, you could go to your Catholic bookstore and ask for it. If they don't have it, I, they can order it, but Great. they will. some of them will have it. All right. Well, it's out and ready to be read, mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it as someone who read it today. So <laughs> there, you yeah. there you go. Hey, Patty and Teresa, this is Mary. And I was wondering, you know, as I was listening to you guys, it's just so incredible um, the gift of motherhood and, and definitely, um, um, I hear it in your voices. I hear it in your stories. And, um, you know, I, I write a blog called the working Catholic mom.com. And so my audience, a lot of is, uh, mothers who have to work outside of the home who are trying to live a very, uh, faith filled life and pass that holiness on also to their children and their husbands. Um, can you speak to sort of those types of stories to maybe the things that you've seen or stories within your book, Big Hearted, um, that sort of ring true to whatever station in life you are, even if you have to work outside of the home? Absolutely. And, and there's, um, that was one of the things when we embarked upon this journey of collecting stories for the book that we did want to include to that whether you had to work or not, did not necessarily have to impact your openness to life, and we're all open to love. And one of my favorite stories, of course, they're all my favorites. Ah, <laughs> like <yes>. your children. <laughs> like your children, they're all your favorites, right? That, uh, absolutely. That's right. Stacy. Yes. Uh, Trey Sankos writes about the most successful woman in the world, and she was a scientist. 
and worked at a lot of different jobs. But in the end, in the end, no matter what we do, it's really our family that matters most, and our society forgets that. And that was one of the messages we wanted to get across in this book, is um, that so often people look down on motherhood and, oh, you just stay home, and whether you stay home or you go to work or you work part-time or whatever you do, really, if you start to prioritize, it's your children that matters matter most. And oftentimes, if you get a paycheck for what you do, that's glorified. But I always like to say, you know, when I clean toilets, when I'm taking care of a sick kid, those are the children that I love most. That's what matters most to me. It's my house and it's my kids I'm taking care of. So whatever else I may do, that's where my heart is. Well, and if I can add something to that. um, When when moms who have to work go into work, they have a unique opportunity that stay-at-home moms don't have. And that's the opportunity to bring that big-heartedness out into the secular world. Mm-hmm. And they don't do that by preaching necessarily. I mean, you can, but the best way is to have a joyful heart and just demonstrate the love that you have for your family. And it could be something as simple as um, talking, you know, mentioning your children or how much you love this or that, or just an attitude that you exude about your care for your husband and your children. And that kind of thing rubs off. You don't see a lot of that joy about one's children anymore. And so in that way, working moms really can bring the joy of Christ into the workplace and to others that might not ever have it. And I think, too, just loving people within your workplace as well. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in the workplace, you don't see big-hearted people anymore treating one another like that. And I think being Mm -hmm. an example of that is so important. Good. Yes, I agree. And I'm I'm looking I'm looking at Dr. Mary right now and I'm listening to you speak and I'm thinking she is describing Mary as we speak. So I can say that Mary would never say that about herself, oh. but I'm I'm saying that 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 is Mary is definitely a light within her workplace for sure. And now the and now the daughter's going to be the light too. Amen. Yes, that's right. Amen. Amen. Um, Teresa, this is Erin. I know earlier you said that you really have a heart for inspiring young mothers in particular, and I definitely fall into that category. I think I told you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, My question for you would be, in these early years, whenever, of marriage and motherhood, in my case, when it's, you know, you have to say no to so many things. You feel like you sit on the couch and nurse all day or Mm -hmm. just can't get it together to get to mass or even the grocery store. And you're there at 11 o'clock at night trying to get everything together. Right. I know that our the focus of a big family or the, the, the heart of it really does need to be your marriage. And I was wondering if you guys and Patty, too, if you guys had just um, one piece of advice that you would give young couples to set a foundation for having a big-hearted marriage and a big-hearted family. Um, well, it's funny that you bring that up. I recently spoke to a mom's group just about this topic and how important it is to nurture your relationship with your husband. Um, your children look to the two of you, and believe it or not, the strength of your marriage is going to be the strength of your family. And so one of the most important things that you can do as a young mom is to, number one, pray for your husband. And I think moms, we're all used to praying for our children. Um, It comes very naturally. We're very concerned and emotionally connected to them. But we can't forget our spouse that is giving so much to us to help us be the Catholic women and mothers that we're called to be. And so praying for our husbands is very, very important. Secondly, making time to spend with one another is extremely important. 
and that includes carving out a little bit of personal time. You were the two of you before you were the three of you or the four of you or the five of you. And it's really important to keep that um, relationship going. So, no, you don't have to. I know a lot of young families don't, you know, a lot of moms don't want to take uh leave little babies, or some people are more comfortable than others getting sitters, you, it could be something as easy as putting the children to bed at night and going out onto the front porch and popping some popcorn and just talking out there. Uh, it could be something as easy as having, you know, a high school girl come over for an hour and just taking a walk. You're not that far. So there are some creative ways that you can nurture that relationship, which is so important. And I will tell you, it is the hardest where you are right now, Erin. It, it really is, but it does get easier, and you don't think it will, but it does. You know, what strikes me is is the beauty of the simplicity of what you're speaking, Teresa and, and Patty, just just so moving, and Erin, and I can see her beautiful face, and she it's 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 uh, radiating from her. It's, it's, uh, I can see that she's connecting with what you're saying. So, you know, um, in reading the book today, I noticed that, um, there were stories by men, and there was one in particular. There's several, of course, and they're all beautiful and all unique. But there was one that really struck me. It was the gift I feared, and it's about a dad, um, a father of I think maybe six boys, and then they have a little girl. But there, there's a twist to the story. Maybe one of you could share with us. It was actually seven boys, and it's Tom Mahala. And it took such courage and humility for him to share a story like this because they had one more child, their eighth child, and here they had seven boys. So since I had four boys before I had my first girl, I could only imagine how everybody he came across would be saying, oh, this must be your girl, this must be your girl. Maybe it is. So sure enough, it was their girl, their first girl, and she had Down syndrome. So they felt like God had pulled the rug out from under them. They knew they were getting older, and it seemed to be something that was a fear they had looming on the horizon that they didn't want to confront that possibility. And he shows such humility and courage because he shares that both he and his wife really hoped that she would just die because Down syndrome children often have heart problems, so she was going to need surgery when she was three or four months old. And they thought, you know, if she just died, that would make it easier for everyone. But they were honest in their feelings, but they knew that wasn't how they should feel. So Tom shares with us the struggle that he had wanting to love his daughter, but not loving her. Just thinking, you know, it's just going to be easier if she just slips away one day. And he and his wife together deal with their lost dreams, uh, walking their daughter down the aisle, uh, uh, so many different things. So... And, it, and he prayed, though, and just petitioned God, please, I want to love her. I want to. I know I should, and I don't. And he realized that he saw the disability. He didn't see his daughter. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until he was taking her in for surgery that he started to become overcome with compassion at this little girl who was going in for surgery. And he realized if it had been one of his boys going in for surgery, he'd be beside himself. And with her, he wasn't. But as he was walking her to the operating room, he started feeling compassion and pity. And it was this, this walk of love, because by the time he got to the operating room, he was overcome with love and fear that anything would happen to her. She's, she's now two and a half, at least. She's probably getting close to three now. And 
he said he hesitated. We, we wrote the story together, and he hesitated, and he said, I don't want to say that I love her more than my other boys. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, but she increased your capacity to love, didn't she? And he uh, said, yes, that's, that's it. Perfect. And if I could just quickly explain. His, Please. His seven boys, his seven boys were all good-looking, all athletic, all intelligent, so they were like this amazing, amazing family. And I hate to have a daughter with disability that really her greatest ability is to bring love to that family. One of his boys, when he graduated from high school, ended up getting meningitis and was very, very seriously ill, was in ICU. When he was well enough that they could come and visit, and uh, Tom said, is there anything we can bring you from home? And he said... Just bring grace. Oh. That's a little girl. Wow. Oh, this is why you need a box of Kleenex when you yes. read Big Heart. I, I, I can't even tell it. I mean, I, I've heard it and edited it. Over Patty, over do you need a Kleenex? It's so touching. It's so touching when you realize what a blessing she was oh. and what it gave to that family. And, well, and if we're talking about seven good-looking boys, can I just say I have four good-looking girls that could be matched with these guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have two as well. So, yeah, we got a group. We got, we a, got group a group of good Catholic girls. That's right. So, you know what, what you were describing, Patty, is he saw the disability. He wasn't seeing, I guess we could say, the, I don't want to put words in, in his mouth or assume, but it seems like he wasn't seeing the human person and when he was faced with the possible loss of his little girl he began God I guess brought some conversion to his heart and he was able to to feel oh my goodness this is my daughter this is not a down syndrome daughter this is my baby girl and just fell in love with her Oh, I wanted to hug her I just wanted to to reach through the phone and say give bring me that little girl of yours because Oh. He just told me story after story how she would be waiting for him when he came home, how how loving she was, and that was her gift. And he realized he was the one with the disability, not her. Oh, and, yeah. And, and they, he said, you know, if God said, I can take her disability away, he said, I would tell God, nope, she's perfect. That's the way she is. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, this... This book, book hearted, big hearted, excuse me, that you lay, I can't even talk We anymore. can't talk to you. Yeah. I, I want, want everyone to run out and order big hearted, inspiring stories from everyday families. And ladies, in our last minute here, please tell us how we can get in touch with you. Go ahead, Patty. Well, well I, you can go to my blog, pattymaguirearmstrong.com. Maguire is M-A-G, and that's the easiest way to, to see what I do and, and see the books and learn a little bit about my family. Go ahead, um, I'm, I'm at TeresaThomas.wordpress.com, and if you go there, I have lots of little things to click on where you could follow my columns at um, my family columns or Integrated Catholic Life, uh, lots of other places that you can find us, but that's the, that's the main place, TeresaThomas.wordpress.com. What has been an, a, a true pleasure to have both of you here with us today. Would you would you come back with us one day soon and, and talk about, uh, I don't know, well, there's so many things we can Whatever. talk about. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you back. We'd love Thank to have you. Me. We'd love to come. God bless yes, you. God bless you and Thank your work. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Alrighty. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye. It's so awesome. I'm, I'm in love with them. I'm in love with their book. And, you know, there's oh. a quote I wanted to read you all before we run out of time here. This is from their book. Sacrifice much. Choose God's will. Love profusely. Be big hearted. And then see how almighty God, who is the same now and always, blesses you again 
and again. Amen, And sister. I would want to end on that note with you all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll, you'll come back with us next time and, and join us here on Faith and Good Counsel. And until then, may God bless you, shine His face upon you, and give you peace. Bye-bye now.